Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to you about the seven steps that you can take to create winning well-being plans in your organisation. I'm talking to so many people at the moment who are looking, obviously because it's January, at uh, creating well-being plans for their organisations and exactly what would be good things so that they're not just doing knee-jerk reactions and trying to plug some gaps and meet some needs. A quick highlight of what you'll encounter in this episode will be looking at the issues, the needs, the benefits, the barriers. Then you create the actual plan and implement it, of course. And then, of course, make sure that you are reviewing, measuring the success and ensuring you get a good return on your investment. Enjoy this episode. So welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm so that I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and workplace trainer, helping you and your workforce increase that performance, improve well-being and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, if you would like to know more about the different ways that you can work with me, but either with the making the wellbeing plans work for your organisation, just having a, a drop in with me to get some tips and advice in the way forward, or perhaps dealing with particularly tricky people, or um, helping you with some of the wellbeing packages that I have, and wellbeing training sessions that I have, or even if it's about one-to-one coaching group coaching for your managers and coaching for your senior leaders, then please do get in touch with me. I'm always happy to have conversations. You can reach me at emma at emmalankton.com or just hop over to my website and find the booking link there that's either on the contact page or in the show notes and you can make a booking direct into my diary so we can have that conversation with you. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter Again, link in the show notes and information on my website at emmalankton.com. The newsletter sends out tips, information, statistics, the latest reports and the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. It comes out monthly so you can guarantee that I won't be spamming you and then you can keep up to date with everything that's going on. And finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review. Let me know your key thoughts and your takeaways and what you value most from the podcast. If you hit subscribe, it makes sure that you never miss another episode. So, So today I'm talking to you about creating your winning wellbeing plan for your organisation. It can even be applicable to you personally if you want it to be in the same kind of format. But I'm talking to an awful lot of HR and wellbeing leads at the moment who are either wanting to or being tasked with the job of creating an annual wellbeing plan for their organisation. It is January after all. It's a good time to be looking at this. And with the pandemic, it has become more 
important to be able to look at and support people with their well-being. So it has become a bit of a hot topic and moved up people's kind of radar and level of importance at the moment. So I've kind of created seven steps over the time of looking at these with organisations. The first step would be to be able to look at your issues. So know that your numbers, know what they are in your organisation, look at those as a starting point because you need to know what's going on and where it is you need to go and what you need to fix. You know, why are you doing this? What issues do you have that you already know about? Is it high absence figures? Is it presenteeism? Is it that because of the pandemic that people are saying that they're already struggling? Or are people not talking? Also at your start point, have you got senior leadership buy-in? Because if you haven't, you need to think about how you're going to get that or what the impact is going to be if you don't have it. Or is it going to be much more difficult for you to be able to get this wellbeing plan approved and get budget for it, etc, etc, if you've not got buy-in? It's also important to know what your issues are and what you're starting from so that you are delivering things that are going to be helpful for people. Which brings us on to step two identify what it is that you really need. You might have information and statistics like absence figures, like I've said. However, you need to ask your people. I say this all the time. And honestly, sometimes I can see people slump when I say this, as if they want me to come along and go, oh, this is good, this is good, this is good. Do this, this and this and it'll all be all right. Well, I can say what's going on with trends and um, company-wide issues with the different organisations that I'm working with. But if you really want this to hit the spot, you need to ask your people. It also builds trust. It helps them to feel that they are heard and that they are listened to and that they are valued. So it's like more than a triple whammy, really. The ways that you can do this are to run a questionnaire. I have questions that you can pull together. I can pull together these uh, questionnaires for you and do the assessment at the end. Whatever, you know, I can be uh, just an advisory capacity or I can really work with you on a deeper level um, if you talk to me about this. You can run focus groups. I can run focus groups. But you can run focus groups and you can be... Again, listening to your employees, asking them where is they're struggling with. On my webinars, one of the first questions I ask usually is, you know, what are you struggling with right now? Other areas that you can identify as well is what is the team that you have around you? You know, have you got occupational health already in your organisation? Have you got EAPs, mental health first aiders, wellbeing champions? How, it depends how big or small your organisation is. It depends how much or little you've already done before. All of these things need to be thought about and at least looked at and identified. What are your policies in the organisation already? Are there some more that you want or need or think you should have? Who is responsible for this wellbeing plan? You know, it's important that somebody takes ownership of this and... Uh, you know, looks at, have you got budget? You know, what is going on with all of that kind of thing? So then you're looking at resources and you're also looking at what it is that you need with that return on investment. 
which brings us back to you know, knowing the issues and why are you doing that in the first place. So they all interlinked. Think about the benefits that this wellbeing plan is going to bring for you. Now, it might be benefits to the employer, as in improving your brand, improving um, absence figures, um, improving retention, reducing attrition. It might be to your employee with a boost of morale, make, helping them to be happier, more empowered, healthier, which obviously then has an employer impact, obviously. There might be about cost savings. There might be about less absences, as I've said. It might reduce presenteeism. You might improve performance. It's always one that I focus on. There can be all sorts of reasons, but look at what the benefits are going to be because when you've got that, when you've got what your issues are, that's the why you are doing it. When you've got the benefits, that's going to be part of the communication that's going to help you to push out and get people involved. Look at the barriers to success. If you haven't got leadership buy-in, you're going to need to look at that. And is that going to be a big barrier? It's likely it will be. Um, But is it going to be a barrier? Depends on an organisation, depends on the issues that you have. How are people feeling? Are you going to make these trainings mandatory? Is it going to be voluntary? Is some people going to feel excluded or included? Are you going to be raising the question about the stigma around well-being or mental health. Is it going to make people feel ashamed of the fact that they are struggling? How are you going to handle that? Make sure you're not doing too much too soon or giving them everything all at once or mixing up too many different topics and too many different subjects and kind of throwing everything at it because that will create confusion and people won't know which tip and which activity and which thing to do first. So it's important that you look at where those barriers are in order to ensure that this is successful. Step five in your winning wellbeing plan would be to create your actual program and look at how that's going to work and what it's going to look like. Now, knowing the information that you've got from your organisation, from what you already know and from you doing plans or focus groups, etc., then you can create that. Now, whether that is about having a monthly focus, um, doing some things yourself, bringing different people in with areas of expertise, doing webinars, doing lunch and learn type sessions, providing half day workshops for people, or whether you're doing one-to-one coaching, group coaching and drop-in type sessions is going to be part of the consideration. Some common plans for kind of monthly themes in organisations tend to be around Things like stress and anxiety to be able to manage it or to be in, to improve your performance, looking at improving resilience. Sometimes people look at men's health because there's been a lot of stigma around it or you might look at um, suicide prevention, which um, affects men more than uh, women statistically, but not exclusively, obviously. You might look at menopause, which some people think, oh, well, that's just a women's issue. But actually, every woman that goes through the menopause is going to have a partner. And sometimes it's helpful for the men to uh, have information to be able to support their partners. So it might be looking about 
different aspects of uh, mental health and even you know supporting people with that as well as people helping themselves it might be working well from home it might be financial health it might be creating connections self-care might be looking at increasing fitness levels in the restrictions in particular but also you know fitness levels when you're already feeling tired run down burnout overwhelm sleep issues you know looking at successes even because it this boosts morale and people feel like they've got an achievement in these difficult times you know or they've created accomplishments one organization came to me um, last month and said that they wanted some help with time management for their middle managers and actually when I dug around a little bit it wasn't particularly time management that they needed but it was stress management that they needed because they were so stressed they were able to be focused they were able to function as effectively as they used to do so sometimes this is why you need to have the understanding there to make sure that you are putting the right plans and programs in place do you see Then the easy bit, kind of, step six, is running the actual program. What are you going to do? How is the program going to run? You know, are you bringing somebody in like me? I have a wealth of different connections and contacts that can do things like menopause and financial health and fitness, etc., etc., and sleep and things like that. But you need to be able to communicate the program as well as part of running it, you know, so this needs enthusiasm and energy around it. It needs to be, you know, not have this stigma and be able to be something that's attractive that people want to do. You might have well-being champions or send out newsletters or again have more focus groups posters on the back of toilet doors used to work really well for some subjects but obviously people are working from home right now so you can't do that but it might be in your weekly team meetings or roundups or on your own intranet and webinar systems that you have internally some organizations run competitions and get people talking that way um but putting all of this together And running it is actually the easiest bit because you've done all the hard work, you know. So once you get to this point, we should be on a breeze, really, with everything that's taking place. And then you, it might have felt like hard work and it might feel like I'm doing an awful lot before we're looking at the subjects that we're doing and what when you're running it and what you're putting in place. But it's worth it in the long run because then with each month you know what you're doing and you can effectively move on let your well-being plan work for you and um just keep an eye on it and review and implement where necessary and then of course periodically quarterly i usually recommend and definitely at the end of your year you look at measuring the success looking at the return on your investment of just of also your time or even my time somebody creating the plan bringing people in have how effective is it for your employees are they still doing things has there been an improvement is there an improvement in absence and attrition etc 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 so that's a whistle-stop tour through the seven steps to create your well-being plan. So one, you look at the issues. Two, the needs. 
Three, the benefits that you're going to reap in the organisation, the barriers that might prevent this from being a success. Create your actual programme or plan. Implement it with a great communication plan and brilliant buy-in and some champions that are going to help you do that. And then measure, review and revise, of course. But then this can keep going for you and stepping up for you or just running through each month of the year in a way that's going to make it really successful and effective for you. So I really hope that that's been helpful. As ever, if you have got any questions for me, please do drop me a message or get in touch. I'd be more than happy to talk through this in a bit more detail with a bit more time. I'm conscious that I don't want to take up too much time in your earbuds. And then, you know, join my newsletter, as I said at the beginning, if you want to. Don't forget to leave me a review on the podcast. Please share it with people that you think it will be helpful to or people who are struggling in creating their wellbeing plan. And then until next time, have a really great week. Stay well, stay safe, take care everybody. Bye for now.